Hey, what's going on, everybody? I appreciate you coming back and checking out another episode of the 195 Stounds Podcast, the travel podcast that you all deserve, especially now, and, and even more so now, you know, that that vaccine just hit the streets. Um, healthcare workers, frontline, elderly, people like that getting it first, but it's coming, you know, and I know everybody is, you know, on their separate you know, thought processes around, eh, I'm going to take it. I'm not going to take it. And, um, I, you know, not to get too, I guess, vaccine. I don't know how it's political, but it's, it's been politicized. But anyway, I'm going to take it when the time comes. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure people aren't going to turn into zombies. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to kill you um, because... Well, simply because the reason I'm I'm confident it won't kill you is because they're giving it to white people. If it was only something they was rolling out in communities of color, say, hell, let's let's you know, let's chill, let's give it a few months, maybe a year, see what's going on. But no, they ain't, they ain't finna go out here and and have any level of uncertainty uh, when they're giving this this vaccine to these uh, these good white people. They're not gonna do that. So when my time comes, sometime in 2021, most likely. You know, I'm going to be on the vaccine. Um, I'm going to have it. And, you know, hopefully life can can go back to the way it was. You know, we was all traveling. We was going everywhere. You know, you know this is the thing, though. I, and I know they're not going to have it this year. But the beginning of the beginning of the year is always a real heavy, you know, travel lineup, right? People going out of town for, for New Year's. We kick it off there. You know, I know, and shit, some, shoot, some of y'all still going. You know, some of y'all still going. This vaccine ain't stopping nothing. But for the rest of us um, who uh, aren't, we chilling. You know, because New, Year, New Year's thing, and it's not going to be the same. You know, Vegas ain't going to be the same. New York ain't going to be the same. You know, Atlanta, Atlanta will be the same. We don't give a damn here. Atlanta will be the same. Um, but most places are, are going to be different. And then MLK weekend, everybody likes to do a little quick getaway. You know, whether that's the, the ski trip, you know, we love to take a ski trip and then just take pictures at the base of the mountain and then go home. That's going to be tough. You know, that's going to be tough because a lot of people not going to be wanting to do that either. Valentine's day, another big travel weekend. We, you know, everybody like to go to Miami. Miami might be open by February. Um, it might be. But still, the, the the level to which people want to do things, you know, it'd be a little different. The islands are real popular around Valentine's Day. I see y'all uh, kind of skip out to the Bahamas, you know, Aruba, Puerto Rico, things like that. Mexico definitely going to be open, so we ain't even worried about them. Mexico going to be there. Um, and then going, you know, in the March, everybody got the, the kids, spring breaks, and, you know, folks trying to get out. It's starting to get warm a little bit. But... You know, we're going to get there. For me, it's going to be the second half of the year. I'm I'm probably going to sit still till around that May, June part of the part of the 2021 where I can really just, you know, jump off the porch for real. But, you know, we've earned it. You know, we've earned it. A lot of us have been holding on to a lot of a lot of trips, you know, been in the house going stir crazy. I know I have been. I'm. So sick of being in Atlanta. I have not left the state of Georgia in, what's this, December? Man, it's been about nine months. And I don't think I'm going to leave the state again probably till May. 
So it'll be well over a year. Um, and that's tough. That's tough, man. You know, I had uh, my birthday just recently passed. And normally on my birthday, I do a little trip. Uh, you know, I like to get out of town just, you know, just to reflect, you know, some eat, pray, love type stuff. You know, really get my mind right for going into, you know, the next year of life. And uh, this year, I, all throughout the year, um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go on a nice little ski trip. I'm going to do Jackson Hole. So, you know, I had a bunch of uh, a bunch of points saved up. It's like, all right, Brown, I say October. I pulled the trigger. It was like, all right, let me just go ahead and secure the hotel. So I secured a, you know, a nice little hotel over in Jackson, Wyoming. Everything's cool. Was going to buy the flight around Thanksgiving time. But some said, hold off, man. Just hold off. And, bro, them cases is rising we up to it's over two hundred thousand a day i mean i don't have to remind y'all to that um because you see it too but after that i was like you know what <clears throat> ain't worth it i'ma just chill them slopes gonna be there you know even though i i do think skiing is relatively safe activity right because you outdoors you got a mask on you know you might not be able to go right into the bar afterwards you know, as long as you don't sit next to nobody you, you know, know on the chairlift, you know, you got gloves on, you got goggles on. So I, I thought it was relatively safe, but shoot, you got to get there first. You talking about airplanes, right? The airport, rental cars in the hotel. It, it was just too many different ways to expose myself that I wasn't comfortable with. And I was like, you know what? It's a wrap for me, man. It's a wrap, you know, unless I, I can just really be. And move in a own little bubble. I'm going to just chill. So that's what I did. You know, I had a nice, nice quiet birthday here at home. You know, I appreciate everybody that, uh, you know, gave me well wishes, celebrated with me. You know, it's a good way to bring it in. But anyway, today's show. I was able to connect sports heavy before I get there. Sports heavy show. Um, was able to connect with one of my guys from high school, um, Ryan Atkinson. And if you don't know the name, you will know it uh, soon. And Ryan is the general manager for the Santa Cruz Warriors. The Santa Cruz Warriors are the G League affiliate of the Golden State Warriors. So Ryan has been working in basketball literally since I've known him, right? Like I remember in high school, he was like the ball boy for the Hawks, right? And we get into this a little bit in the podcast, but, you know, he would come to come to school with like, you know, Jason Terry jersey or like a Paul Pierce jersey that they gave him. He have stories about, oh, yeah, man, they had me doing this. They had me doing that. I met this guy. I met that guy. And when you're 16, like that's the these are the greatest stories you've ever heard, right? Like this is amazing. And shoot, even now, you know, almost 20 years later, Still great. So um, he and I go into, you know, what his path like was like, uh, you know, working his way uh, from the G League to the NBA, um, you know, what it was like, uh, you know, traveling with the team when they were winning all the championships. Ryan Lowkey might be, um, he don't want to claim this, but I'm going to put it on him. Ryan might low-key be, you know, the Phil Jackson of this. I mean, the man got rings, G League. He got, what, about however many rings they got in Golden State. Was it three or four? I lost count. 
But I mean, Ryan got rings, man. He got rings. So, you know, I really think you'll uh you'll you'll really enjoy the conversation. It was um a pretty good look into, you know, that G League life, right? Um it is quite different from the NBA, but you know, they still have to uh to get out here and and make their way. And it's a lot of up and coming talent in the G League, not just uh players, but people in the front offices as well. And we get into that a little bit as well. Um so enjoy. I'm not going to hold y'all. Here's me and Ryan X. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I've got my guy here, general manager of the Santa Cruz Warriors, affiliate of the Golden State Warriors, Ryan Atkinson. Ryan, what's going on, man? How you doing today? What's going on, man? I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here. I appreciate it, man. So a lot of people listening to this going to be like, Evan, how in the hell did you get the GM of the Santa Cruz Warriors? Me and Ryan go back, man. Westlake High School, um, same Spanish class. History class is debatable. I say yes, Ryan says no, but that's neither here nor there now. <laughs> but, you know, Ryan is someone who has been in the basketball industry for a while now. Um, and, and I don't want to take words out of your mouth and tell your story, but, like, seeing you in this role and the person I knew in high school, it is not a far walk. Um, so can we just kind of get into how you got here? Like, what was your path? To get yeah. here, because this is a lot of uh, an avenue a lot of people want to travel, but not everybody gets there. Yeah, man. Well, <clears throat> it's good to see you, man, and congrats on the success that you've been doing with your show. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. So, my path is, you know, it's, it's not a typical path for us. Um, I'm not a former player. Uh, when I went to Westlake, the plan for me was to was to transfer to play football, and. Um, hopefully play basketball on the, on the team at Westlake. But what ended up happening was uh, my, my transfer didn't go through my hardship didn't go through. So at that, at that time I had to look at it as, you know what, what, how can I, you know, I wanted to be around the game of basketball, but you know, what's the right path for me to get to that point. So um, during that time I ended up becoming a, a ball kid for the Atlanta Hawks. And during that time, you know, I experienced the NBA life and understood, you know, what it took to be a pro watching the players, watching the visiting team, home team, looking at that stuff. And I was fascinated with it. So um, I tried to figure out how can I, you know, make this my career. So during that time, I started looking at schools and I seen Missouri Western. And I, I, need, I knew at that time I had to get out of the city of Atlanta. Um, if I wanted to be focused because there was just so many distractions, you know, I'm from the area. I just knew I wouldn't really be focused um, from a school standpoint uh, in books. So I know the best thing for me to do was get out of Atlanta. And, and that's you know, mature at that age. That's super mature decision. <laughs> well, I've seen a lot of people that I was hanging around, um, you know, I seen them kind of going the wrong, down the wrong path. And then right. also my father, um, a lot of people don't know my father was incarcerated. So okay. um, just understanding that, you know, people around you can influence you. So um, I just knew that, Hey, I need to start a new path, a new career um, and get on the right track. So I looked at Missouri Western uh, had a sports management program and I thought, okay, you know, this would be good for my career. And uh, during that time I was working with the Hawks and uh, I ended up getting accepted to Missouri Western. And, uh, you know, one of the difficult times for me during that time was just trying to figure out, 
you know, I'm, I'm experiencing some type of success working with the Hawks, but I'm going to leave this job to go to Missouri. And that's kind of like the unknown. There was no sports teams in St. Joseph, Missouri, no, you know, pro teams. The closest pro team was the Chiefs, which was football. So uh, I went to my manager at the time, Tom Smith, and just told him, hey, you know, I'm leaving. I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go work with the, uh, I'm going to go leave and go to college. And he's like, why, why are you going to college? I mean, he, he said, why are you going to college in Missouri? He's like, you know, you can keep your job with us, go to Georgia State, something local, and you can work both. And we're going to try to give you more hours. And, you know, I just say, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to leave. I think it's just best for my career um, in the long run. So, you know, at that time, a lot of people was looking at me like, why are you leaving? So, but I did it. And it ended up paying off. I uh, went there for three, four years. Um, in my junior year, going to my senior year, ended up getting an uh, internship with the agency, Prestige Sports in Atlanta, Georgia. Ended up working there for an internship in the summer. Uh, left there to go back to my senior year of college. Uh, they called me back, said, hey, when you graduate, you have a, you have a job. So I ended up, when I graduated, ended up coming back to Atlanta, working for a football sports agency, worked for the sports agency. And um, that's just the first end of what happened to me to get to California. Uh, ended up working for that one year in football sports agency. Uh, looked at the uh, sports business journal, realized that uh, I wanted to, you know, further my career as being an agent and wanted to start my own agency. But I realized you needed money and connections to have right. that. I didn't have either. Right. So you, know, you got to give out 50 K to, to get yeah. a client. And it's, you ain't got 50 or nobody with 50. That's tough. Yeah, man. Just going through that process that year, just, you know, you recruiting players early on and then just to lose them on draft day, not draft day, but doing that process. Right. You know, it made me realize like, you know, I want to do things the right away. I didn't want to give players money. I didn't want to do anything cr- cricket. So I was like, you know, I need those connections and I need some capital to start with. And um, that's why I decided to go to the University of San Francisco sports management program. Cause I knew in, in the Bay area, you had opportunities with different sports teams. You had the Warriors, you had two baseball teams, the A's and the Giants. And then at the time, two football teams, the Niners and the Raiders. So I decided to go to graduate school. And then that, that eventually turned into uh, working in basketball full time. Man. So from the Hawks, and now mm-hmm. we in full time in San Francisco. So if we back up a little minute, Tom is the Hawks. You were ball boy, right? Yeah. So when you like 16, 17, like that's the greatest job. Aside mm-hmm. from like maybe working a footlocker or something like that, like that's the one of the best jobs you can have. So, you know, and at the Hawks, what? This is around 01, 02? Yeah, so this was actually 02, 03 season. 02, 03 season. Okay. Because Joe didn't get there till I think, right, around 05, 04. Yeah, so what happened was I didn't see Joe until uh, 07, 08 when I came back from college. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. so I worked on the visiting side. So I didn't really interact with too many um, Atlanta Hawks players except for Jason Terry. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because it came full circle last year because Jason Terry was the uh, assistant general manager for the Texas Legends, which was the Dallas Mavericks team. <laughs> Yeah, so it was just like he was like, "Man, I remember you when you was in high school. Now you're doing this." Man. So it was it was really good. But now he's assistant coach with the Arizona Wildcats. But yeah, it was it was a good experience back then um, in college, in high school, uh, just cause, because that season was special because it was the the Olymp not Olympics the uh, All Star game. So yeah, I, yeah. So I had a chance to work the All Star game, 
um, my senior year. Bro, what was and, it like working the All Star game? Man, it was special, man. It was, it was, it was surreal because you, you know that That's was Jordan's Michael, year too. Yeah, that was Michael Jordan last year. Yeah, so just being being around that atmosphere and just you know, it was funny because I told my teachers like like, hey, I'm gonna miss class on Friday because we had All Star stuff to do, and then they was like, really, you working All Star again? I'm like, yeah. So <laughs> they called me to miss class, and um, I had a couple friends from the um, from high school. We went down and they helped me with the the three-point contest on Thursday night just to do the practices, the walkthroughs and stuff, uh-huh. and, and then do the convention stuff, you know, the dunk, the, uh, the special event. So it was really good um, to help out with the dunk contest, three-point contest. The all-star night was was special. Jason Richardson um, yeah. winning the dunk contest. The let, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was good times, man. So working the all-star game, um, especially for a kid, it's like – Every All-Star game has legends, but that 3 one was legends on legends. Michael Jordan, Vince Carter, uh, Kobe, like literally everybody who will go down in history as one of the greats was there. Um, and did you have any kind of memorable interactions with any of the players um, leading up to that or during that? You know what was funny? Uh, one one story is uh, we were working the rookie game, right? Mm-hmm. And that was the rookie game at the time was Saturday afternoon, so it was it was Saturday. It was a full day where you had it started off with the rookie game, and then it went to the the, the, the skills challenge and the dunk contest, three point contest. So um, during that rookie game, so Yao Ming, he was a, a all star that year, mm-hmm. so he didn't play in the rookie game. He just came to to attend. And um, I'm working the visitor bench, and he's walking to the visitor bench to sit to you know cheer on his teammates. Mm-hmm. And the usher was like, "Hey, where's your credential?" <laughs> credential? <laughs> like, Excuse me, <laughs> I'm, I'm nine feet tall. What you talking about credential? That was a that was a funny moment where security is asking y'all mean for a credential, and this guy is seven seven. Did he actually and, pull it out, or he just looked at him crazy and kept moving? Uh, Looked at him like, what's going on? And then, like, other people had to tell him, like, hey, he's he's good. He can sit down. Yeah, like, it, well, y'all mean need with a credential. <laughs> but that's what you go through sometimes, man. So did you, uh, and you worked the actual All-Star game, too? Yeah, so I, I worked the All-Star game. Um, yeah, so that during that time, it was a little different where I was just kind of floating from different sides to sides um, because, because of so many people that want to, you know, get that interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that time, we wasn't supposed to be doing this, but I was just so starstruck, man, where I was walking around. I was saying, what's up, the Snoop Dogg? <clears throat> I got a chance to see uh, Beyonce, Jay-Z. Uh, I, tried, I tried to take a picture of Beyonce. Jay-Z was like, nah. <laughs> hey. hey, man, I'll blame you. <laughs> nah. But I was like, well, can I take a picture with you? And he was like, yeah, that's good. So I took a picture with Jay-Z. So, that's dope. Oh, that was, yeah, yeah. So it was it was really good times, man. Um, just just enjoying that, especially being at that age and being from Atlanta and just seeing all these celebrities come down and um, actresses and actors uh, being around at that time. That was one of my most memorable all-star games too. Cause like it being in Atlanta, right. It was so much going on, right. From the, the fan fest that they have um, where you could go and uh, you know, the jerseys, you know, little courts they had or whatever they had a celebrity game mm-hmm. and it's funny. So that Saturday, right. Um, the rookie game and then the kind of pre all star festivities with like the three point shootout dunk contest, right? So mm-hmm. one of my homeboys, he had um 
tickets to, uh, I believe it was the rookie game. Because the rookie game is on Saturday, right? It was. Yeah. It was Saturday afternoon. Yes, it was Saturday afternoon. And I think you had to leave and then come back for the other stuff that night, right? So, so we finessed it because his dad, I ain't, his dad knows people. I'm going to just put it like that because I don't want to put nobody on blast. But his dad yeah. knows people, right? And, you know, he got a little, got a couple dollars. So we finessed it to how we come back uh, without actually really leaving the arena because mm. we only had tickets for the rookie game. So we come back. We uh, somehow we finessed our way up to the suites. And in Phillips Arena, a little state farm arena now, for people that don't know, and I'm, I'm, the configuration I don't think has changed because I was just it there changed, a few years uh, ago. It changed it. I know what you're about oh, to they say. Changed. They changed. So yeah. when you would go, like there's a side where you can just kind of walk in and then where the suites and stuff is, like in the club side, you have to go through like a security checkpoint. And then mm-hmm. now usually to get up to the suites, you could just uh, get on the elevator and go up there. But during this time, they also had somebody at the elevator checking your credentials, right? So there was a little like ledge part. He goes up, drops his uh, credentials over. I pick them up. I go back to the elevator, give them mine. So we go up there and we in this suite with, I mean, I don't know who. So it was probably some executives or some company or just random rich people. So we in this suite, me and him are the only two teenagers. We got on throwback jerseys, just looking out of place. But, yeah. you know, we there for the dunk contest. We there for the three-point shootout. You know, the Jason Richardson between. Like, it was, that was that was one of the most fun NBA experiences that I've had um, in a while, man. That was, that was a good time. And then that game was great, too, because I think it went. Did it go to overtime? Yeah. Yeah. Went over. Yep. And um, for people that, because I think it's funny now that Vince ends his career essentially in Atlanta. Um, and then that all-star game. If I remember correctly, I think they he was voted a starter. But since mm-hmm. it was Jordan's last game, they were like, hey, we need you to take one for the team and, and let wow. Mike get that spot. And from the way the story goes, I don't think Vince was too happy about it. But he was like, all right, I'm going to, you know. Yeah, North Carolina connection. You know, yeah, he had to- yeah. But, um, no, nah, that's dope. Like, as a, as a kid, getting to interact and see these people up close, like, I've never – I went to one Bulls game when I was a kid, but I've never seen like Jordan and Kobe and all of them like right yeah. there. And as an yeah. NBA stand like myself, like I can only imagine what that's like when you 17 years old, it's like, Oh shit. Like there go yeah. Kevin Garnett. You there know, go Jay Z. Exactly. Exactly. So, cause it was, it was, it was funny because, um, watching, watching the, the Jordan documentaries, um, this past summer mm. and just, and just kind of reliving that stuff because, you know, I grew up a Dower Hawks fan yep. and uh, we was fortunate enough to have some season tickets um, and going to, I remember in 98, just, you know, going when it, that's when they was building Phillips. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I remember that. And they was playing in the dome yeah, or at Georgia Tech. Up the dome, both sides. They opened up the dome where it was, it was over like 90,000 people in there to watch Jordan, you know? Because so, for, for people like, Usually, when they play in the football stadiums, it's, they close off half of it, and it's kind of concentrated. But when Mike came to town, they opened it up like like full football. Exactly, and the dome. He, he he sold out. He sold out the dome, man. Man, Mike. Yeah, that's that's the one I went to. The one in the dome. Mike was. I mean, Mike was Mike. I think it. 
the whole the whole city of Atlanta was in the dome. That <laughs> Man, you had to be. It was so many tickets. You you had to be in there. <laughs> but yeah. But so all right, we there. We work in the All Star game. Mm-hmm. We go to Missouri Southwestern, um, and graduate from there. Now, after you graduate from there, you come mm-hmm. back and you do the agent thing for one more year, right? Yeah. So I, when I graduate, um, I come back in May, and I work from. I went from, yeah, the whole year leading up to the actual draft to the NBA, the NFL draft. So from May all the way to April, May to May, basically. Okay. Do you remember any of the guys you all might have missed out on that went on to do something in the NFL? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, RIP Quincy, uh, Quentin Groves, I I think he passed away. Oh, Um, dang. Yeah. Oh, was that the guy? Who did he play for? He went to Auburn. Okay. Um, and then we also had uh, we uh, the running back Tashard Choice. We lost out on him too. I remember man. Tashard Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yeah. So those were the two big ones that we lost out on at that time. So from the agent life, mm-hmm. and then you go on to the G League from there. Yeah. So so. What happened was during that time, that's when I realized I wanted to go to graduate school at USF. Mm-hmm. So I was preparing myself where, hey, it's a it's a team in um it's a basketball team in Oakland that I can, you know, work with while I'm in grad school. So um ended up when the Warriors came to town that year, I uh, reached out to their equipment guy, uh Eric Eric Housing. And I, you know, I told him my situation. Like, hey, I just graduate. I just got accepted to USF. Um, I'm currently working here with the Hawks. Um, is it possible I can get on you guys' staff next year? Because um, I'm moving out to San Francisco, moving out to the Bay Area. So he's like, hey, you know, send me your resume. Uh, I'm gonna talk to our equipment guy and your the Hawks equipment guy and just you know see see right. how you work and everything else. So luckily, everything worked out where. Um, that following year, I mean, that following season, I ended up working with the Warriors as, as, a, as, a, as a locker room attendant. Now, I'm grown now. I'm not a ball kid no more. <laughs> locker room attendant. Yeah, I'm a locker room attendant. So, you know, guys, people that don't know is like a locker room attendant, you know, they're the ones that's doing – they're like the concierge of the players for the players where they're doing everything, setting up the locker rooms, getting whatever they want before the game and not necessarily on the court rebounding and all that. They just kind of – <clears throat> making sure that the players are taken care of and the um, training staff and the equipment staff is taken care of before the games. So, so what's um, some of the craziest stuff that a player needed you to do or you had to do for a player that you feel comfortable sharing without no names if you don't want to put none in there? Yeah, no names, man. Uh, you know, some guys, some guys, all guys were really good about it. You know, they were really good at tipping and doing different things for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, sometimes the requests would just be more, um, hey, I, I want the best chicken sandwich in town or, you know, I don't want it to be I don't want it to be a, a fast food chicken sandwich. I want it to be like a, a nice restaurant chicken type chicken sandwich. So it's just like really particular on different things, um, on different requests. But I, I got random requests more so working in the G League, um, like, you know, guys want Well, you tell guys like, hey you can't play in these type of socks. You know, guys want to play in polo socks or do these type of things. Like, man, come on now. You can't do that. But <laughs> yeah, so overall, everyone was good, man. It was no, it's no nothing too crazy. 
I got you. I got you. So you're working with uh, the Warriors as uh, a locker room attendant, and you're still going to school. Um, yeah. So two two full time jobs. Um, Man, I'm gonna tell you, I had three. Hold on, I would say. Uh, so I worked. I'm gonna tell you my breakdown. So at USF, it was it was a grad program where you worked. You only went to school at night. So. But you only went one night a week. So it was like from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. So, I mean, one class will be equal up to four, basically, mm-hmm. the amount of hard work they give you. So what I did was San Francisco is really expensive to live in. The Bay Area is really expensive, man, especially, you know, at that time, you know, the, the type of money I was making um, in, in sports just to keep my dream alive. It was just, you know, minimum wage. Right. So what I had to do was I had to – get multiple jobs to support living out here. So I worked at Target. So <laughs> I, had a, I had a night shift job at Target. What I did was I was a, I was an overnight driver. So what I, what I have to do is I, I would have to drive from the store to the um, warehouse to pick up stock. And then I would drop it off to the store and then they would stock it. And if anything was, if, if my lows were short, I would have to get on the floor and, and help stop. So, but the hours was perfect to what I needed because I worked from Target from 11, from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. So when, after I would get out of school, I would work, I would go to Target and work that night. And then in the mornings come back, I was working baseball with the Oakland A's. So sometimes, um, on Wednesday, so I went to school on Tuesday. So on Wednesdays, in baseball, it's typically a day game because it's like a, a getaway game. Mm-hmm. In so on Wednesdays, I would turn around and get to work by 9 a.m. to work baseball. And then from baseball, from 9 a.m. to whatever the game is, maybe 4 p.m., 5 p.m., and then, you know, go back, get some sleep, and start back over for Target. So that's what I would do. Um, so you was the really no days off. That's a twenty-four hour day, basically. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you you know you had to the spots in between because you know you didn't go to school. Only went to school once a week. So those yeah. that Tuesday, Wednesday days were brutal for me. But you know, um, that's that's just something that you know I wanted to tell people. You know, listen to the podcast where you know you still got to work to get where you want to get to in life. You know, sometimes you know, especially where we come from, it's like nothing's really handed to you. So yeah. you just got to. Focus on your dream and, you know, see what you can do to get to that point. And it, it may be some stuff that you got to do to get to it. But, you know, as long as you, you're focused and you still have that dream, um, you can you can get there. No, you're right about that, man. Because, damn, a tw- like that Tuesday, like you said, that Tuesday, Wednesday, brutal. Going into yeah. work, working with the A's. Um, so how was it? How was it? How was your experience working with the with the A's? I didn't even know you used to work there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but yes, so I, I work with the A's. Um, so I don't know, sorry if I'm jumping around. No, so, no, no, no. Yeah, so what happened was after my first year with the Warriors um, in 2009, I believe, you know, 2008, nine, what ended up happening was they asked the, the A's, someone that worked for the Warriors, um, worked with the A's as well. And the A's was looking for somebody to replace someone that left to pl- work for the Angels, Anaheim Angels. So um, my name got recommended. So I went in for the interview, got hired. 
And then uh, what I was doing was the A's, the A's have been great to me, man, where they were always working around my schedule and knew what was going on. They knew basketball was a priority. They knew um, school was a priority. And they just kind of worked around what I did. So my experience with them was great. Um, I did the same things. Um, I was a clubhouse attendant, not a locker room attendant. So it was just the same things, just different stuff, just getting guys ready for the game, for his equipment, uh, whatever they needed, um, services like concierge, whatever, go get them, get different things for them. Um, so it was a good experience. Um, it's, it, it was, it's a different dynamic for us compared to basketball. So it was really good to see how, you know, the players interact, the management interact. And I think it was really good for my uh, management skills just to see how how different sports um, players re- interact with each other. Nah, nah, that makes a lot of sense. Like doing the the baseball and that season, and you did the whole season because that's a long season too. Yeah, I did multiple seasons with them, but oh, yeah. And they and they and they playing damn near every day. Um, but you know, it's what 162 games, only 81 home games, so uh, almost like an NBA season to an extent. Um. But, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't go on the road with them, I'm assuming, right? No, no, just only home games. Okay, well, that makes it that makes it a lot a lot easier. Um, so you worked with the A's for multiple seasons. Um, mm-hmm. So what happened after Oakland, after the A's and the, and the Warriors? Because I know you went uh, to a couple yeah. other teams first, right? Yeah, so I graduated. Once I graduated grad, graduate school, um, Eric Housing, who hired me for Golden State, mm-hmm. the equipment guy, manager, he, what happened was – he was the equipment manager for Eric Musselman. So Eric Musselman used to be the coach for the Golden State Warriors at, mm-hmm. at one time. And Eric Musselman reached out to Eric Housen and asked him, hey, I'm looking for some guys um, to help me. I'm about to get a job in Reno as a head coach. So um, Eric mentioned my name, and I ended up going down to meet uh, Coach Musselman, interview with him. And uh, what ended up happening with that was – <clears throat> he called me and said, um, unfortunately, you didn't get the job. So I was like, man, like, I was really hoping for this. Like, I graduated college, graduated um, graduate school, and I wanted to learn more about, you know, the ins and outs of basketball. What position was this for that you interviewed? So I interviewed for the uh, video coordinator slash uh, basketball ops position. Okay. So didn't get the position. So I thought about it. Long and hard, called him back and said, hey, like, I'm willing to come out here for free. Like, I just want to learn the game of basketball and learn as much as I can. And then he he said, okay, you can come out. Um, if it's for free, you can come out and help out. So I came out, moved, moved my stuff from the Bay Area to Reno. That's, and, a, um, that's, a, that's a nice drive, too. Yeah, it's about four hours, three hours. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. But it's Going over a, hit, a mountain, a mountain, so yeah. <laughs> that snow is tough. So uh, I worked there. I went out there to work for free, and three or four days in, um, they fired their uh, head head of basketball ops. They fired him, and then um, I kind of slid in there and got that position. So, so you was only out there about a month before you started getting paid. Yeah, yeah. Man, look at bro, look at that. Yeah. So so then. Once I started doing that, uh, that job was just everything, man. You had to do a lot of things. When you had to drive, you had to drive the bus. Drive the, the bus to away games? No, nah, not away games. Oh. <laughs> you, had to, you had to drive the bus to practices, pick up the players for practice. You had to drive the bus for the games, pick them up for games, pick them up the visiting team from the airport, pick up 
the visiting team from the hotels. Oh, you like the um, school bus driver? Man, <laughs> school bus driver, uh, equipment manager, and just doing every little thing that the coaching staff needed to um, to make everything run successfully. So, uh, had you ever it, driven a bus before? So I drove the, the truck at Target. Truck so that kind of right. that kind of helped. Man, so you, you had know. the prior experience then, so you was ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was, I was just willing to do whatever, whatever it took, and uh, ended up working there. And so what ended up happening was um, our last game was against the RGV Vipers, mm-hmm. and during the, during that time, uh, one of the coaches pulled me to the side and said, "Hey, man, like, what's your plans for next season?" I, I wasn't even thinking; like, I'm just thinking, okay, this is the year. And he was like, uh, we want to bring you on. Like, give me your, send me your resume, and uh, I'm gonna give you a call. And uh, so it happened. His name is Jay Statman. He's now the assistant coach at the uh, UTV, UTRGV, and and uh, McAllen, Texas. But he he called me, and then he put me in touch with the GM Gerson Roses, mm-hmm. who is now the GM for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He put me in touch with him, and uh, ended up talking to Gerson, and Gerson hired me. And I was hired as director of basketball operations for the uh, our, uh, Rio Grande Valley Vipers. So I left Reno and moved to Texas the, um, for the Rockets. So it was the Rockets G League team. Okay. Yeah, so I stayed down there for two years. And where is that? Rio? Rio Grande Valley. Rio Grande so, Valley. Yeah, so, but the city is called McAllen, Texas. So is that so, in the middle of nowhere? It's what? It's on the border of Mexico. Oh shit! So I, yeah. damn. So you had to get down to Mexico <laughs> once or twice. No. So crazy story is, I'm not gonna name the player, but one one someone uh, during that first couple of years down there, they ended up going back and forth to Mexico to you know party, have fun. Mm-hmm. Someone got robbed. Yeah, got robbed down there, and they took everything and took his took. Uh, Took him to the ATM. He had to take everything out, and then they brought him back. So during that time, when I got down there, they had a rule where you couldn't go over there. If you went, if you got over there and you got caught or whatever, something happened, you would um, you would get fired on the spot. No, so that makes I didn't, sense. Yeah, so I didn't take no chances of going to Mexico. <laughs> Dang, I, I heard it's a good time over there. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So yeah. when you get to these, so you're moving right. You go from. San Francisco, Atlanta to San Francisco, right? San Francisco to Nevada, Nevada down to Texas. Um, you're doing these moves, and at any time along the way, like, are you thinking, like, damn, is this all even worth it? Like, what did you want your 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 end game to be? Obviously, it's working out well, but like, what did you want the end game to be? Because you're doing a whole lot of moving around the country. Yeah, you know what. <clears throat> I just thought it was fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, thing is, it felt like I was living my dream where I'm still working in sports, you know, because I love working in basketball. I love basketball. So it's just like I was living my dream because I was working in basketball and I'm getting paid for it. It may not be much, but I was happy, you know. That's, so that makes so sense. that's, yeah, so that's what it was all worth it for. Whereas, like, I wasn't thinking, you know, like, hey, I need to get to this point, get to this, and get to that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to skip any steps. You know, I just wanted to learn as much as I could and have fun and just be around good people. 
Um, so, and that's, and that's, I was fortunate enough to do that. You know, I, I met a lot of people in Reno. Um, if you look at our team in 2010 t- season, like we had a lot of good pros on that team. Um, uh, we had, a uh, Donald Sloan who played in the league for a while. We had a son, Whiteside played in the league. We, yeah, I know his son was on the, okay. We had Danny Green. Yeah. We had um, Jeremy Lynn. Um, we had Steve Novak. Um, we had Courtney Fortson. We had we had so many good players, man. That 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 team was really talented. Um, so, and one of one of my close friends now, he was eventually became our head coach in Santa Cruz. Aaron Miles, I met him on that team as well. So, um, just good relationships, good players on that team. If you look at our coaching staff on that Reno team, you know Eric Musselman now is the head coach for the uh, University of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Bilicheski, he's now overseas um, coaching in Italy and then uh, with Ed, with, uh, with Messina, Coach Messina. And then we had Phil Handy, who's now – he's Phil Handy's been all over where he's been with the Toronto Raptors, won a ring with the Raptors, won a ring with the Cavs. And then now he won a ring this year with the Lakers. Um, Sammy Gelfin, he's with Detroit Pistons, won some rings with together with Golden State. Um, just so many, so many people um, that I met during that time in Reno – and then the the fast forward to RGV, um, being able to work with um, Nick Nurse, um, head coach for the uh, Toronto, uh, yeah. Being able to work for Gerson Roses, who's with Minnesota Timberwolves, and then if you look at our roster, um, the year we wanted a ring down there was so many talented players, man. So many talented players. That team will probably never be duplicated just because of the structure of the G League. Um, There's just so many good players that we had. Got you. So what does one, now you down there, what does one do in, it's McCarran, Texas, right? McAllen. McAllen. Like when the game isn't going on, you got a couple days off. That's the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah, it is. (laughs) So, So, man, believe it or not, it's a hidden gym down there, man. Really? It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. See, we breaking nice. we breaking destination news. McAllen, Texas, you know, yeah. secret yeah. destination. Yeah, because it's it's not far from South Padre, so you can go to South Padre Island where you can party and do the spring break stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's nice. It's good shops, good malls down there, good people down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're single, it's some nice looking women down there. Okay. If you want to, um, but uh. And then also just it's really good shops and restaurants, you know. Um, it's, a, it's it's a lot of restaurants, good restaurants. Would have never would have never thought that about McAllen, Texas. Because when this is over, I'm gonna have to Google where exactly it is because I, yeah. I have no clue where that is. But yeah. you know, you get down there, you working, you all win a championship down there, one or two. One. Okay, so you all win a championship down there. Who would you play? So we play Santa Cruz. Ah, look at. <laughs> Isn't it funny how life worked? Yeah. Yeah. So y'all play Santa Cruz, um, win the ring. And Mm -hmm. now after you win that and after your time um, down there is over, do you go uh, right back to Santa? Do you go back to Santa Cruz? Yeah. So you you really, I I was telling you this earlier, you didn't want to accept it. You you low-key the Phil Jackson to this, man. (laughs) <laughs> you lucky put you the puppet master, bro. You got ring uh down there in uh in Texas. And then I don't lost count of how many uh they got in, in Golden State. 
Yeah, so three in Golden State, and then if you add the one that we won in the G League, so that's four. And then one in uh, McAllen, that's five. So I have five total rings. Man, so I I want to talk about what it's like, that championship experience with with the Warriors. Because I, I was telling you uh, maybe a couple weeks ago or whatever, right, I had Jordan Lloyd on who won a ring with um, – with the oh, Raptors yeah. uh, season before this past one. And, like, when he started talking about it, it was like he didn't even look at me. He was just kind of looking into the distance with, like, a smile on his face, um, oh, yeah. just retelling and reliving that. So, you know, what was it like during that? The, the first one, I got to imagine, is super exciting. But then yeah. KD comes, and y'all mm-hmm. get two more of them joints. So yeah. what was that experience like? Man, it's it's really hard to explain, man. It's just like, especially, you know, as a kid, just, you know, just thinking about it, you know, watching, just watching, you know, the celebrations and watching, you know, Jordan win it and, you know, watching, you know, Kobe and Shaq win, win, those, win those three. Um, and then to be a part of a team and an organization to win it. You know, I didn't, the thing is, during that 14-15 season, um, I we didn't go in as the favorites, you know. No. Like, it, it just kind of happened. It was just like a magical thing, you know. And then, you know, just to play against LeBron um, in Cleveland, you know, on his return back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And being in Cleveland during that time, it was just – it's, it's really hard to explain because when I was walking around, you walk around with your Warrior stuff on and – you know, people are booing you and yelling at you and, you know, just saying all types of stuff to you. Oh, so you was traveling with the team to Cleveland? Yeah, so okay. I, was, I was fortunate enough to travel with the team um, during during that time. And uh, just dealing with, you know, just trying to – just really understanding how – from a, looking at the players and how focused they are and how mentally locked in they were to uh, compete at that level and – for me to be a part of it and to experience it, it it's just one of those, it's just like a a dream come true. Now that fourteen um, fifteen chip, they won that in Cleveland. Yeah, we won that in Cleveland. So and what's that flight back to San Francisco like? <laughs> what is? Yeah, so you know, <clears throat> building up to that, what happened was uh, we didn't have enough champagne, man. So what oh, ended up first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> no, so what ended up happening was. Before we was before we was before the game was about to be played, um, I you know Eric Housen he called and told us like, hey Ryan like he he told us like we need to get some more uh, champagnes and we need some more wine or whatever before the celebration if we win tonight. So what was dangerous was you know it's three or four of us walking in the city of Cleveland in the streets of Cleveland downtown Cleveland um, with the equipment bags trying to find. Um, Wine and champagne. So y'all just go into random liquor stores. What we call, and they say, hey, we got some. But then when we get there, they look like, oh, no, we don't want to give y'all none of this. Y'all oh. think <laughs> y'all think on? So it was just like, man, okay, it's fine. We we got it. So we ended up, you know, getting all that stuff prepared and then walking down the street full of a crowd, but they don't know what we have. But that was just like a memorable moment. And then um, having that celebration, uh, afterwards, we was at the Mortons. Um, they shut everything down, and it was it was good, man. And the flight back, you know, everybody was just resting up, man. 
Oh, you rested up. It was good. Oh, well, I was, when I flew back that time, I flew back on the family plane, so it was a okay. little different. Okay, okay, but still though, like it's 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 a good time. And like the uh, did you go to the parade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the parade on floats and stuff, and just <laughs> pictures, and you know it was great. Bad. So you all get that ring. Um, the next season, LeBron gets y'all. Three um, one. Tough. That was tough. Three one. That one was. That one. Man, was- it's like four memories of like just sat like sports memories that that hurt. Right. That's one of them. Um, the Falcons losing uh, twenty eight to three. Man, that's yeah. And the A's, the A's losing to the uh, Royals. They were up like seven to three. End up coming back losing. Oh, you were part of the A's team. I was yeah, so like I was a part of all three. I went to the Falcons game in Houston. When they, <laughs> I was at the uh, Warriors a or the Warriors and um, Cavs game when they lost that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a part of the A's, yeah. So those Man, are ones you were really a true Atlanta fan minus the championship because you done been a part of some sad shit. Like, <laughs> you see, well, you know, I, you know uh, Zach Zach Walsh, who's the equipment manager for the uh, Atlanta Hawks, he tells me. Like whenever I'm in the building, they gonna lose. So he's like, "Man, stay away from me. Stay, stay away, stay." Away. <laughs> like whenever I land the team, I'm cheering on for my uh, either the Hawks or the Falcons. If I'm near, they gonna lose. So that's what people say, but don't Man. let them. See, my 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 one of my worst memories also involves nothing but Atlanta sports teams. Um, the Super Bowl is when I quit the Falcons. Um, you know, I wish them nothing but the best, but I can't be a fan of y'all because y'all keep embarrassing me. You you can't embarrass me in front of company like that. That's so all I had to quit them. And you done? You said what? You done with them? Oh, I'm done. Come on, man. You can't do that. That's the beauty of sports, man. You gotta you gotta you, take the. But see, the beautiful part comes when they win. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta take the licking, and then when they win, you enjoy it more. So you gotta you gotta stay on board, man. It's 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 tough, man. I I look at my we have a group chat every week, and I'm like, man, what's the definition of insanity? That's how I feel sometimes. Yes, yes. that is. Yeah. The star quarterback go to jail for fighting dogs. They get a head coach who quits on them. They tried out. I'm not even going to name the names, but we saw how they tried it out. The Joey Harringtons of the world. And then they go and they get Matt Ryan. They go to the playoffs and they go to New York and they score two points in a playoff game. What are we doing? 28 to three. I, I couldn't do it. You know, I wish them nothing but the best. I can't do it no more. I can't. I can't have that weighing heavy on my heart. So I wish them nothing but the best. And then the second one was uh, how they did. You know, and he's still in the, and shout out to both of them for still being in the league. But drafting Marvin Williams over Chris Paul just that's never gonna sit right with me. Uh-huh. That's never gonna sit right with me in an 05 draft. But anyway, so you know when you uh. You're with the Warriors. You win those uh, other two with KD there. Um, and it's funny. I'm talking to you, who's on the Warriors staff. Mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody who was on the Raptors staff, well, played for the Raptors, right? Yeah. And that that was a ridiculous series, right? It was like a war of attrition. It, Warriors were losing somebody. It seemed like every game, man. Mm-hmm. Um, then it was all on stuff to really to do the impossible. Like, he couldn't. He couldn't do it by himself. Um, 
and they end up end up losing, right? Um, Kevin Durant, he leaves, goes over to 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 Brooklyn. That is what it is. Um, so your capacity with uh Santa Cruz, that offseason, is that when you were promoted to to general manager? Yeah. Okay. So that was a year. Um <clears throat> so yeah, so uh, after we, we lose to the Raptors, um it was it was tough because, you know, not only did we lose KD to the Achilles, but also Clay um towards ACL. So you know, that was two devastating injuries for us. And um, just going through that summer, going through that process, uh, we was looking for a head coach during that time. And we was in Las Vegas for summer league. And um, Kurt Lakeup and Ken Lakeup, um, they pulled me to the side. And um, they said, hey, man, we need to talk to you for a minute. And um, they offered me the job, man. They offered me the, the GM job. And I couldn't believe it. Right man. there it in was- Vegas. That's That's what's up, man. Yeah, it was it was it was a dream come true again. Where it's just like wow, like everything paid off. You know, um, all the stuff that we just talked about previously to now, like it just came full circle. And um, so I was, you know, fortunate enough to be with a great organization, um, people that trust you um, to make good decisions, and um, people that I can talk to um, about different things. So it was great. Man, that's what's up, man. So you've been in your position for this is you're going into your second season now. Um, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. We don't have to get into all that, but you know, with that uncertainty and everything you've been able to accomplish moving forward, like you, Hey man, like you said, as a kid growing up, like I, I, I don't even, did you even think this is what it would be? If you fast forward, like, you know, from a kid, like 10 years old, you fast forward 25 years. Did you think this is what it was going to be? Oh man, I thought I was gonna be in the NBA. Nah. <laughs> yeah, you weren't so, far off. You kind of are in the NBA, so yeah. But um, just in a different role now. But yeah, right. Uh, you know, I I didn't expect this. Um, I didn't. You know, I went into this trying to be an agent, and then now getting onto this side, and I love it. And uh, I love the 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 competitiveness of it and, uh, and the grind of it. Um, so it's just one of those things where. Um, I didn't expect that. So now um, I just want to be the best at where I'm at right now. Uh, like I said before, I'm not really trying to look too far ahead. Uh, I'm just trying to stay where I'm at right now where, you know, hopefully I can win a, a championship as a GM. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's my goal. Absolutely. So in your GM role, um, obviously you're responsible for a lot, but also the roster. Um, so do you do a lot of scouting? Yes, I do. So I do. <clears throat> right now I'm scouting from home. So <laughs> we can't do too much traveling. So this is my first year that I'm actually doing a lot of college scouting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when, when COVID hit, I was just doing more stuff before COVID. Um, I was doing a lot of G league scouting where I would be with our team during the, during the season. Um, I would travel with the team, but I will find different dates that I can break off with it from the team and, and, and scout not only for a golden state with pro scouting, but also scout, for our team as well, just seeing what we need um, for us, helping us if, if we have different holes in our roster, mm-hmm. at least I get the, the league and figure out, you know, what what do we need? So, yeah, I do I do scouting. I do pro scouting, and now I'm doing college scouting. Oh, okay, even better. So when you do this, like, before the world, you know, shut down, mm-hmm. are you like – so is it like, hey, all right, we are, you know, playing – I'll take Atlanta, for example. We're playing mm-hmm. the College Park Skyhawks. <laughs> I want to go check out this kid at, 
you know, Georgia Tech or I want to go check out this kid at UNC and then you just fly up there, check him out, mm-hmm. and then come back and join the team? Is that essentially how it – Yeah, yep, yep. So that's what usually happens where, you know, I'll try to <laughs> figure out, you know, like last year um, we went to scout a couple players um, that was big-time players and we would go – we went from we had a game in Arizona, and uh, so the night before our game, Arizona State played UGA. So I was right. able to a couple of players from UGA, a couple of players from Arizona State, and then then the, the next night drive up and able to get to our game and watch our afternoon game. So you just try to you know pick pick and choose the times that you can travel with the team and then also uh, being able to break out and scout. You know, usually I try to find trips. If we're at home <clears throat> for a long period of time, for a home stand, we're home more than four or five days. I try to – we have so many colleges that's around, that's in driving distance from where I live. I live in Fremont, so I can drive to San Jose State. I can drive to San Jose. I can drive to uh, St. Mary's. I can drive to Cal. I can drive to Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. Um, San Francisco, um, Stanford. So there's just so many different schools in, in this area where I can go watch watch basketball and um, you know scout. And that and that's cool, man. Like, and you really you put in your time too. Like, you've been in the Bay for a while now, and you know I'm gonna say this: there are definitely when you look at the the list of where some of these G League teams are. There are definitely mm-hmm. worse places to be. Santa Cruz, like you said, the Fremont area, nice. Like, you know, when you get into some of these random places in Indiana, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, upstate mm-hmm. New York, and God knows where Pennsylvania, like it can be, it can be rough, man. And I know that can make it a whole lot, whole lot worse, especially when you got a family. Like, not everybody mm-hmm. and their and their wife, kids, whatever, are built to live in you know, the middle of nowhere, small town USA. I know it's, it's tough. It's tough, man. But you know, one thing about it is to me is like I said, it, we are fortunate enough to, you know, be able to work in basketball. So I feel like if you get in the paycheck, you know, work, just working in basketball, it doesn't really matter where you live to me. That's how I feel. That's, you know, yo, that's, that's real. Cause so few people get to do this. Yeah, but some people look at it like, no, nah, I can't live here. I can't live there. But I'm not really picky on it, you know. We, if we, if it, if they have cable and um, a supermarket, I'm fine. And Wi-Fi. <laughs> Simple Wi-Fi. man. That's all I need. Man, well, you know what, Ryan? I'm gonna let you get out of here. But I appreciate you you joining me, man. I really, really enjoy catching up. You know, hearing about your experience, and I wish you and the and the Warriors. Golden State and Santa Cruz, nothing but the best of luck whenever the season gets started, man. Man, thank you, man. I just want to say, man, thank you for inviting me out, uh, reaching out to me. I really appreciate it, man. And <clears throat> for, you know, all the kids who's watching this, um, just just letting them know that it is, you can, you know, do what you do, do what I do, you know, um, regardless of what people around you that say that you can't do certain things, man. Just keep pushing and stay positive. Hey, man, we, we love to hear those type of positive messages, man. I appreciate you, Ryan.